Oh look, the CPU load is very low. I think it, I think it's actually viable. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, look, yeah. and it only used seven out of sixteen RAM. I don't know what any of this means, man. You gotta put, you gotta put me onto this shit. Yeah. Uh, What's wait, up, we... everyone? Oh, hey. I guess we're starting. All right. No, cool. no, 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 no. We don't. We we're don't, not. We don't need to start yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just end it right here. Hey. All right. Everybody, Art Pros Podcast. <laughs> Episode uh, 43. Bye. <laughs> uh, peace. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Fuck. What? Okay. Should we just start? Just roll with it? Um, yeah. What are we doing today? We are covering the deepest, hottest, most talked about subject in the universe. Right. Hot topic. Hot topic. <laughs> we are covering hot topic today. We're going to go through the history of the illustrious mall store known as Hot Topic, where all your friends in high school used to get their cool Nirvana t-shirts. What's up, everyone? This is the Art Pros Podcast. Today, we're podcasting live in Baltimore. Hot Topic, your favorite mall store. The reason that uh, the beginning sounded extremely confusing was because of some technical things that gage and i were working through what we have set up right now in our extremely high-tech environment is a overhead video camera that is broadcasting live as we record drawings and doodles by the art pros themselves selves so we're really working at the cutting edge of technology it's pretty pretty wild out here um, and we're not actually going to cover Hot Topic today. We didn't even know we were going to start recording. We were just doing a, you know, a test, a, a proof of concept. For those of you who don't know what a proof of concept is, those of you who don't uh, have to work with words like that, a proof of concept is to do something, you know, to do an idea, to try and produce an idea that is, uh, you know, a proof of a larger concept for that idea so like for example if you were trying to build a house out of i don't know mud your proof of concept could be a smaller you know just building a room out of mud that would be the proof of concept and today we're going to do a proof of concept by broadcasting our live doodles so if we get a little bit of distracted get a little uh not as smooth not as sultry as you're used to Please bear that in mind. You know, we're just artists who just trying to figure out what we're up to, trying to figure out who we are. I don't know who you're talking about, man, but uh, this this could potentially get us to levels of a smooth we've never even fathomed before. True. Oh, my God. Our, our sound dampening system, it's not up. Be right back, everybody. All right, everyone. So today, let me just do the quick intro. It's the art pros. It's the smoothest boys in Baltimore. We are your favorite Panoys who podcast. And we are on our, what is it, the 43rd episode. We're Dude, on, we must be on 43. Yeah, we're on our 43rd episode. We're nine episodes away from a whole year 
of weekly episodes, although we did take that break in December and November and October of 2019. So that's really exciting. And we're just trying to work on getting better and better and better. You know where to find us on Instagram. We're at paid.artists. You can go follow. You can go troll us. We don't really care. We're, we're going to try and shake it up on there. We are on patreon.com slash art pros. And if you, if you like our content, even this rambling content, even this Pinoy-oriented content, feel free to go on Patreon and throw a couple bucks our way. It's like, you know, a do- for less than a coffee a month, you could support us supporting you, our arts community, our interns. You know, we're a nonprofit, technically, kind of, because we don't make any profit. I don't know if that makes us 501c3 viable, but I don't want to pay taxes, so we'll have to look into that. Um, you can also find us at our website that we work on really hard, artprospodcast.com. And tell your friends. We're available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, uh, Spreaker. Uh, we're, on a, we're on a lot of platforms. iHeartRadio. You can Google, or you can go, just go to our website. It's very easy. Um, anyways, yeah, so... We're gonna we're gonna put up what the heck we just did right now. Okay. <laughs> Whew. Okay. All right. So today, today we got a we got a real topic today. We're not just messing around. We're not just plugging ourselves here. Okay. Um. We actually do. We are actually doodling live. We will actually put finally put something up in video that we feel comfortable in putting up and um yeah let's keep going so let me just let me just paint the picture for everybody right here i'm sitting right here gage has a bunch of crayola <laughs> markers in front of him he's drawing on a piece of paper there's blue there's red and green um i don't know that sounds like something like a good topic to talk about so today we're going to cover something that we probably should have covered a long time ago something important to artists the topic of color now color may seem like something that's easy you might be thinking what's up art pros what are you gonna talk about why are you gonna talk about color color is dumb we all see color we all understand color but let me tell you something like research color is a tool in the artist tool set something that has its own intricacies beyond you know something is red something is yellow something is green those of you who dabble in interior design know, those of you who have ever picked out a t-shirt know that color is important. And for artists, color is important too. I wanted to lead us off with a little story about, you know, just a little color. You ever heard of the color black? Black isn't a color. What is black? It's the absence of color. Oh my God. Well, I we could have that conversation. I think that black is a color because we call it a color. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it is the absence of color. But have you, Renz, ever heard of the color Vantablack? Um, is it actually real? Does it exist? Or is it a folklore? Vantablack? Is it a, yeah. Is it, is it a real thing or is it made up by the government? Oh, no. It might be. Vantablack is practically military-grade color technology. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Vanta Black is the blackest pigment on the planet. It is so black. It's extremely 
black. You can't see it. It looks like a black hole. I have a problem believing that. Really? Yeah. Really? Well. How, how do I know if I can't see it? If well, it's if it's that black. Well, it, the thing is, is that you can see the absence of it. So to give you an idea of how black this is, it's like seeing a cutout into the universe in the shape of whatever object is coated in this Vance of Black. For example, if you recover your hand in Vance of Black, all you would see is the silhouette of a hand. You won't even see, you know when you normally paint your hand completely black and your face and your whole body, you can ask Justin Trudeau about this. Yeah. Like you could still see highlights on that because light's still being reflected and that's where color comes from is from you know, the light that is reflected off of something. Well, Vance of Black doesn't reflect, it reflects nearly none of that light at all. In fact, Vance of Black absorbs 99.965% of all light. Wow. Yeah, which means that if you were to paint something, you know, in Vance of Black and then put it out in the sun, it would get extremely hot really quickly because it's absorbing all of that energy. Is it going to make you, like, depressed to look at it? What if you could you? What if you painted a whole room in Vanta Black and like made it a sensory deprivation chamber? That's probably the perfect tool for it. And then if you could completely sound dampen the entire room, we're talking about the most deprived senses on the planet. Um, beyond Joe Rogan level deprivation. <laughs> so Anish Kapoor, Amish, Anish, he bought the patent for it, right? It's, yeah, he owns it. Yeah, so. This Vance of Black is a pigment coating developed by the British company Surrey Nanosystems. And Vanta is actually an acronym for Vertically Aligned Nanotube Array Black. They basically use carbon nanotubes to absorb as much light as possible. And they were like, oh yeah, we made this like essentially a military grade pigment. It's really cool and like maybe we can give it to artists or designers or just have it for any scientific usages that might require absorption of of all or nearly all light i'm sure if there are engineers amongst our interns you could come up with a good idea but no anish kapoor the guy who made the skygate or the big bean in chicago you know the big chrome bean that guy bought the rights to vance black and made it completely unavailable to everybody and he's the only one who has the right to use this illustrious vance of black so renz what do you know about anish kapoor you know i don't know a ton about this guy i know that that pissed a lot of people off because how are you gonna just how are you just gonna monopoly a color i know that the art that anish kapoor does is all about the senses Right, he's got that like waterfall hole thing. You really got to see it to understand it. It's hard to describe, and that's what his art is all about. It's about experience. It's hard to describe because you got to be there, and it's like walking outside and seeing your very first sunset. It's kind of like that, but he wants to make art that feels like that. Kind of like one of my favorites is the one in the gallery in Italy. And it is that big red chunk of paint that looks like it's being shoved through a big archway within an old museum. Have you seen that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, Nishkapur makes some dope work. But you know what? I don't like the idea of him 
having a complete ownership over a color that's kind of weird i mean i understand that because it's a technology he owns that technology but still man you should share that shit here's a funny thought that i have it's like he's kind of like he's playing god a little bit because the nature of his work is phenomenon right that's like if if god was an artist a rainbow is probably a piece of art that god made you know not 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 to discriminate against anything else like i'm sure everything god made is a a, a work of art anyways you know what i mean we're at the, <laughs> it's getting a little dicey in here i'm starting to talk about religion but you know Whoa. what i'm saying here that's why it's a dicey si- si- sort of thing because it could get to that conversation you know yeah well i just want to say the reason we brought up anish kapoor is because color is a hot topic in the art world and anish kapoor is a hot artist he's you might call him an art pros and sometimes when there's conflict in the artistic community the best way to address that conflict is through response via creativity to make something new and that's what artist Stuart Semple did in response to Anish Kapoor's Vanta Black. Semple created the world's pinkest pink. Oh. A pigment that is so pink. It doesn't even really show up on computers. And under a UV light, oh my god, it looks like a 14-year-old's bedroom. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and he made it available to everyone except for Anish Kapoor. Except Anish Kapoor... <laughs> Got his hands on it. Ooh. Yeah. And what? sent him a middle finger flick, flicking him off with that pink pigment right on the tip of it. Is that true? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably part of a marketing campaign for so Semple's next project. They're in on it? They might be in on it because immediately after, Semple created a pigment that is 99.6% light absorbent. So not quite Vanta Black. But is also available to everyone but Anish Kapoor, called Black 3.0. I don't know, man. I don't know. Why are you going to give me a subpar? Because I can tell the 0.1%. Yeah, why do you? I mean, we don't want a subpar pigment. Simple. You need to get on this and outdo Surrey Nano Tube. Surrey nanosystems. You need to outdo them and prove that uh, artists can do it just as good as scientists. Like, bro, you can't. You can't do point two more. Yeah, come on, point two. Let's let's make it ninety nine point point nine 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 percent. Let's get let's get this guy a basketball coach. He's gonna make him go one hundred and ten. Oh yeah yeah yeah. We could get um Samuel L. Jackson from coach carter coach carter yeah make him go 110 percent. that's a really good movie gets me emotional so the reason why we brought that up is because you know it's a lot meaner in these art streets than than you think we got people out here trying to make monopolies on the color black just because it's the black is black it's the black you see when you open up your computer and then you turn it off and your your heart starts to ache because you're not attached to the internet anymore that's how black it is Ooh. It's as black as your teenage daughter's soul. Oh, man. When she's thinking about My Chemical Romance. This is creeping me out. Yeah. So today, we figured we'd talk a little bit about colors. It is a tool, and sometimes it's a highly 
uh, viable tool for getting creative ideas out and about. Renz, what's your opinion on colors? You know, I'm thinking right now, like, the audience is probably feeling like, Renz Gage, how do you think you can talk about color in an hour? Well, here, let me tell you all of the things, the important things immediately about why color is important. And it's important for many ways because we need to understand a lot of the re the, the ways in which color affects people that cannot perceive certain colors. This is how important it is. Um, we use colors to signify differences in objects. And that's why we use it in a pra practical sense. For example, a stoplight has red, has yellow, and has green. You might wonder, how come they don't just use one interchanging bulb that goes from red, yellow, and green? Why is it three? Well, that's for people that are colorblind. You know, you, you can see the change in position. So the bottom is green, but if you can't see green, you'll see it lit up and you know, that's go. So colors are a big deal. Colors can be used in, in design. Colors can be used to um, warn an animal of something that's dangerous. It is one of our root uh, sensory, um, I don't know, it's just connected intrinsically to who we are. Um, color theory is a big deal. Joseph Albert's, look it up. He is a color scientist slash artist, a real boundary breaker. Um, what else? I don't know. That's just off top. What you got? You got some more news there, Gage? Yeah. We need colors to protect us. <laughs> we develop the ability to see colors in order to protect ourselves. And this is why you notice certain colors before other colors. The last color we learned how to see was blue. Yes. Yeah. That's true. What was the first color we learned how to see, Renz? Red. Red. Why do you think that is? Womb. Womb? Oh, shit. Damn, that's deep. I thought it was like to alert you that you had blood leaking. Yes. Yeah. So it's pretty important that we're really good at seeing colors. You know, uh, we, the human eye is most adept at seeing variations in the color green because huh. we grew up around a lot of foliage. Weed. Yeah, uh, hella <laughs> trees, and you need to be able to see the, the slight differences in green to understand the world around you. Yeah. So, yeah. colors have a deep impact on us. You know, in art, it's really important. We bring this guy up a lot, Mark Rothko. Mark. His paintings are basically just fucking colored squares. When You know, when, the next time you go to a museum and you, like, look at a square on the wall and you're like, wow, this square has smaller squares inside of it that are, like, slightly different colors and it seems like they're vibrating. That's because Mark Rothko used very specific color decisions to give you weird optical illusions in your eye holes. Well, there's Rothko and there's Albert's. Yeah. And Albert's did it in a way where he used hard edges. And just by simply changing the edges to being fuzzy, Rothko was able to convey different ways to affect your senses, to create an atmosphere, and also the scale of Rothko's art 
was, I don't know, 10 feet at least. He made giant chunks of color inside larger chunks of color. And that's it. He got he got uh, famous for that. It's a big deal. Very minimal. Very chill. He has a place in is it Texas? Rothko's Chapel. Yeah, it's like I think a whole so. thing. It's a whole viewing experience that he described as the most optimal way to experience these phenomenal paintings, which links us back to um, Mr. Kapoor. They're all trying to do the same thing. Colors are... We don't even see all the colors. We only see some of them. Gage, did you know that the mantis shrimp can see the most colors? In the world? I, I don't know. I had no idea. I gotta ask one. The mantis shrimp. I'm gonna look that up right now. See how many colors it could really see. Have you ever heard of redshift and blue shift? In relation to computers or... What is it? In relation to stars and galaxies. The matrix. So redshift and blue shift describes how light shifts towards shorter or longer wavelengths. As objects in space move closer or farther away from us, the concept is key to charting the universe's expansion. So that's, that's important. Scientists look at whether the light coming from a star is shifting blue, as in moving closer to us, or the light is shifting towards the red part of the wavelength as in moving farther away from us in order to tell how far is the universe expanding. So color goes way beyond something that's pretty. It goes way beyond uh, my feels. And it starts getting into science, you know? But we're here at the Art Pros. So color is extremely valuable to us. And we think it's a tool for artists that is beyond, you know, coming up with what we would call a cohesive style right a cohesive style yeah but would you say that you Renz, as a painter have a a color style yes i have preferences i like to use a certain selection of colors primary because it makes sense to me and i can mix most colors from primary colors and if i want to get a little bit more interesting I'll do a, like a variation of that primary color. Um, so most of my colors are red, blue, and green. And maybe I have two, three, four of like a purple, a gray. I like grays because it makes the colors you mix different. If you have like a nice gray, a cool gray or a warm gray. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. I don't believe in the color brown. <laughs> And let me tell you why. Because you're when you're me out. when you're mixing browns, it's always like a reddish brown or a bluish brown or a greenish brown. But it's very rarely that you see a neutral brown, a true neutral brown. Is that because brown doesn't exist? Does orange even exist as a color? Um Orange is a saturated version of brown, pretty much, right? Yeah. Um, you get so, brown in painting from mixing colors together. That you know, yeah. I I would say like from mixing warm colors with cool colors, right? Something like that. 
Brown is a conspiracy. Brown is a paint conspiracy. Brown paint is it doesn't exist, and I barely believe in gray. Do you have a suggestion as to what it should be called? Uh, dull orange, boring orange, or orange. It might be poop purple. Pooperl. Yeah. Poop purple. Purple. Look, I'm telling you. Look at the Browns in your life. And start to determine whether or not. Okay, this this is a little inaccessible. I, my dad listens to this podcast. He's uh, partially colorblind, but for those of you who have the ability to discern colors, um, take a look at the Browns in your life and tell me if they're not just a version of a blue or a version of a green or a version of a red or a yellow or a purple. It's always got some sort of tinge of another color in it. Like I'm, so Renz and I are brown, brown people. But I'm like more yellowish, reddish, tan. I'm more like a lightish poo purple. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, I had a friend, uh, Victor. Shout out Victor. He's a black painter. He painted black portraits. That's how he would describe his art. And he said, "Yeah, man. Uh, the way you get the right black pigment for people that look like me is it's it's really just yellow and purple, and you're going for more of a purplish, reddish brown." Like, you can't even really paint brown. Like, don't use the brown paint. I didn't have it in my heart to tell him that uh, I'm terrible at portraits. I wasn't going to try and paint anyone. But, you know, it's just how it goes. It is. It's That's because it's difficult to make skin tones. Um, but really, when I make colors that... If I want a brown, I would rather make it or use an existing brown and make my own brown with that because first of all all right this is sounding like it's becoming a painter friendly uh podcast about color but really you can use and mix colors you can you if you make dyes you know have pigments you could do that um i'm sure brown the brown pigments are really easy to use and get right i would assume that's one of the easier pigments because it's it's just a, a couple colors mixed together. Yeah, it's like like red clay. Mm -hmm. And um, let's see here. This is getting philo philosophical because I'm starting to think about the availability of colors and the science of the colors. So we got we somehow figured out that the three primary colors that our eyes detect are red, yellow, and blue. And I was talking about the mantis shrimp. That thing can see 16. Primary? Colors? 16 colors. No, oh. those are our terms. Oh, we don't wow. even know what the shrimp is on. Yeah. Like, we can barely understand these three colors that make up, if one mixed together, this whole spectrum of, I don't know, seven colors. Yeah. Where's brown? R O. Well, we got Roy G. Biv, right? That's how you remember the colors in the and the rainbow. Biv, the Biv is brown. Is it? No. It's red, orange, blue, indigo, yellow. violet. Oh, red, orange, yellow, green, uh, blue, indigo, violet. Yeah, and that those are all the colors in the rainbow. Next time you look up at one, just remember Roy G. Biv. The B is blue, not brown. Yeah. Why is there no brown in the rainbow? It's because brown is a conspiracy. It's not a real color. It's a way to hold down the color concept brown 
to hold it down to be less valuable than the primary paints like what even is a primary color oh because all the other colors can be formed from those three primary colors i don't know man brown sounds like a conspiracy to me see Renz right now is using an orange marker but it really just looks like a light brown to me yeah it looks like a, a light it definitely looks like a light brown and i'm pretty sick of the world trying to brown wash me <laughs> i'm feeling brown washed right now yeah you had a good point there actually <laughs> yeah right this is real it's, it looks really brown <laughs> yeah no brown's brown's not real folks okay just like gray yeah it's not real gray is not real i mean mix white and black like ren said earlier black is the absence of color how do you mix color with nothing this is science folks it's science this is what you're listening to us for science so let me tell you guys something <laughs> If you are an artist and you use colors and you're just starting out, you're an intern, let me tell you something. Color changes dependent on the light in the room because color is a reflection of the light. So for example, we record in a very yellow room, which made that orange even more apparently brown. Yes. Yeah. Wait, so is every color brown? Every color can be brown Fuck. if you mix them together enough. I think, um, have you ever heard of Drunk Tank Pink, the book? No, I haven't. What is that? That book is all about like um, the ways our minds um, are affected by patterns and colors and things around us in, in ways that we don't automatically perceive Really, it, on a subconscious level. So this book is called Drunk Tank Pink because... Um, they have that's a this brown. room this drunk tank painted pink in i don't know las vegas somewhere somewhere uh, they wanted to test it out and they found out using real life math numbers that when they put people in the drunk tank in the pink drunk tank they aren't as aggressive really that's what they say yeah why do you think that is because I mean, color affects us in ways when we just look at it. It feels, that's why people describe colors as feelings. Like red means hot. Blue doesn't mean hot. All the, You know what I mean? It's not commonly accepted as hot because ice is not red all the time. Ice is more likely to be like white or whatever it reflects. But red is always the color of fire and it's hot. I always thought people thought ice was blue because the only color that icebergs could reflect was the sky. Sure. Yeah. The same thing with the ocean, right? The ocean doesn't have a natural... Well, I'm sure that the particulates in the ocean have a natural color to them, but I don't know if water has a natural color to it. Yeah. I was listening to a different podcast about color. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And um a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, what? just a second ago. <laughs> I was listening to it as we were, you know, while I was in off off the mic. Oh, okay. Um no 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 no. But anyway. Um Yeah. It was talking about why you mentioned earlier that blue was the last color we saw, quote unquote. That they say that because for a long time that there was no word for blue in any books or writing that had ever been collected and recorded up to a certain point. 
you know they were tracking to see when people started talking about certain colors and turns out blue no one was really writing about it for a long time and they're like you know they went all the way back to like the person who wrote uh homer's odyssey homer <laughs> homer oh okay in the odyssey was writing about the sky and the water and he homer wasn't using the word blue it was describing it as like the color of wine or something like that really yeah there was no usage of the word blue in what? that whole book so how long ago who recorded how do they figure out like oh that's blue i don't know that's the mystery that's wild i it's like one of those things that how do you uh, what do you call something that is always around like gravity if you don't know what it is yet what do you call it that's true like what, what is it? you point up to the sky it's that that and you, you can't really make that color so why would you need a name for it true blue is an expensive color to make yeah yeah blues and purples are very ex the pigment is expensive to Shit. produce red is too yeah and yellow yeah <laughs> colors are expensive to produce so for a long time those of you who aren't painters might not know this we had to make our colors from from dirt and from flowers and from gemstones and from use a bonding agent for that to do for example to do paintings or to do dyes um or like boil berries to get the color black mm. mm hmm yeah roots um bugs yeah and people knew you were really wealthy if you had purple shit because apparently purple is a very expensive color to make. The most expensive, I think it's uh, blue. This certain lapis blue. Lapis lazuli. I think it's because yeah. it's from a gemstone, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to literally have slaves mining out of a mountain this gemstone, you know. And then you have to break it down, clean it out, get all the dirt out so you don't get a really brown blue. Just to make, you know, some blue pigment. What? So you can poorly paint the sky? Uh, man i think um i bit off we bit off a little bit more we can chew this topic no f screw that we bit off more than we can blue with this topic we're the perfect podcast to cover this such a big topic in a short amount of time um okay let's see when was the first time you jumped into the world of controlling color man you know when you're in middle school and you live in this like beautiful consumer society and you're like, oh, I want to be a skater, bro. I want to be a skater. I'm going to be a skater because all skaters, they dress cool. They got a lot of friends. I was like, damn, let me get some cool clothes. Let me become a skater. And what's important about becoming a skater is that you can find bright, poppy colors that match your black skinny jeans. And I would say that for me, that is really what when I started thinking about the interaction between colors, I began to notice that pink and black, for me, in my tastes, and based on common reception of my peers, did much better than, for example, you know, a old navy, like a navy blue and a black mm. back then, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's when I started thinking about the interaction of colors. And I, I began to really, really start doing that and then... You know, when you start painting, the first thing you want to learn is how to mix a color, how to mix the color that you have in your head if you can visualize it. But then after that, 
you really got to start thinking about the interaction of those colors together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, can I put this red next to this blue? Will it dull it out? Is this the right black to use? Because sometimes you want like a really dark purple black. Sometimes you want like a yellow black. They'll have different feelings next to other colors. And if you're out in a museum or you're looking at art, start to pay attention to the types of, of colors that, that artists use and the intricacies of those colors. Because colors, much like, you know, colors in art, much like colors on people, is a very complex topic. It's much more than, than the conspiracy that is brown or the... Uh, the ocean is blue. It's a very complex thing to work with, and it's a huge monumental tool. When did you yeah. first start thinking about interaction between colors, Renz? Oh, man. Um, when I decided to level up and paint, paint with oils, I started drawing with pencil and pen. I liked it. It was enough. Color was intimidating. Color is intimidating because just thinking about paint... You know, it's like this mysterious, goopy substance. What do you do with it? Will you screw up and waste $6 of paint? One color of paint for $5? That's on the lower end, you know? And we're here. We're professionals. We're using the good paint. We got everything on the line. Our tuition, our lunch money. So I was nervous. I was like, I'm moving into this world. And I jumped in. And luckily, I had an instructor who recommended that we start simple. You start with one or two colors at first. And you paint something for practice. You paint, paint, paint yourself a Sprite bottle. Just use green, white, and black. Just practice. And then when you're comfortable, you know, moving the goopy stuff around, then you can move on to a different color. And then you just add more and more colors. And you really just got to mess around. Go ahead, do something fun. You have to play with the colors to learn what they do. You have to see it and feel it. Sounds corny, but that's what I learned. It was intimidating. I I decided I wasn't going to figure it out unless I tried it. It's the only way. You can't yeah. just look at them. Definitely not. And, you know, another good thing that you can do is you take, you go down to, so we went to an art school, right? And uh, I know you remember this, Renz. Do you remember when they made us buy these, those fucking color? What is it called? Color Aid. Color Aid. So, do you want to explain what Color Aid is? Color Aid is um, very accurate prints of colors. They cost like fucking ninety dollars yeah, for, for a box. Yeah, for a box of colored paper. It's like two hundred cards of colors, and it's just colors. Yeah. So in art school. When you start learning about the interaction of color, typically following Joseph Albers' book, The Interaction of Color, you buy these, we bought these fucking $90 nothings, like these, you know, as if we didn't have ample access to other ways of making colors, to cut paper and put them next to each other to start understanding that like a really warm green and a really cool red will cause the the red to recede and the green to come forward and sometimes if you put a a an orangish yellow next to an orangish blue it'll look different than if you put the or that same exact orangish yellow next to an orangish red um you know so you spend 90 dollars on that shit and you do that but <laughs> For those of you out there who aren't in, like, art school, 
you know, go down to the Home Depot, get the free paint samples, and then that's how you can start testing the interaction of color. And I'm sure those of you who watch HGTV know that they do this all the time. But start cutting up stuff and putting them next to each other and being like, damn, this black looks extra hard next to this orange, and it looks even doper if there's only a little bit of the orange, but it looks kind of stupid if it's more orange than black. And, like, that's where the interaction of color and the, those feelings start to come from. And that's a tool. Man. You know, you know who the king of color is in the world? Pantone. Pantone. Oh. Pantone. You know why? Big color. Because they standardized color. They standardized the names, the numbers of color through their system until they became the best at it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Pantone. Oh. Pantone? Are, are they yes. an old company? Do you have that pulled up? 19- Jamie, pull that up. 1962 thanks jamie damn so we didn't even have a unified color system until 1962 well what happened was this brilliant mind was the um uh, i think they worked for a printing company if not they owned it and they eventually realized that they can make a lot of money by standardizing the colors that they used for their prints and then on top of that like securing the machines that can do it accurately every single time and let me tell you guys something those of you who use photoshop or illustrator pantone got the contract with them to make their color system the specific color system of adobe so yeah yeah and there's a science too it's science and machinery that they're like all right let's just make this an accurate system that's honestly such a flex too yeah and on top of all that guess who else guess who runs the color of the year who pantone whoa pantone baby pantone's got it pantone so you're you're telling me that nike under armor coca-cola pepsi reddit instagram facebook the un they all pale in comparison in terms of color authority to Pantone. Nobody's better. Nobody's Pantone! Better. Pantone! <laughs> Holy oh. shit. No, yeah. They, all right. There's fashion. A- <laughs> they own fashion. Fashion relies on Pantone. That's, to, damn. To create the future of fashion. The color because, of the year. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't fashion color. For since the dawn of mankind, I'm getting hyped. I'm getting hyped. Purple was the color because it was a symbol of status. You had some purple on, might as well be wearing those uh, or Virgil Abloh shoes with the quotes on it and the red tag. That was what that was like. You got purple on? What are you, King Henry VIII? Yes. <laughs> Shit. That's what I'm saying. So you're following me, right? And then these days, Pantone's looking ahead. They're saying... Look at these, look at these people. Look at these fashion people. We know what colors they're wearing. We know it's in. We know um, pastel colors are in these days. You know what I'm saying? The tans, the muted, muted pinks and purples of the Yeezy brand line, and now everyone else and and red, red block supreme colors. That's not really a fashion trend, but you 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 see what I'm getting at here, right? Like I see exactly where you're getting at. That chalky pastel is in. And guess who? consulted these fashion people pantone pantone so they actually sit in rooms i read this in a magazine 
Oh, wow. They sit in rooms together with big moguls. Big. Like we're talking like Elon Musk? Bigger. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. I'm talking about... I'm talking about people with names you can't even pronounce because they're in foreign languages. So they sit in rooms and they say, what's going to be next year's color? Because we want to be making it before anybody else makes it. And then we want to we want to make the wave. We're making the wave for 2023. They're already sitting there. They already know. And you know what? who else knows? You know who else they look to for advice? Who? That isn't Pantone. Tumblr. Really? Yeah, sometimes so, Tumblr, Tumblr cats got that sense of what will be good in two years after people get tired of wearing faded pink sweatpants. You're telling me that the that Tumblr blogs have a say in what's what Nikes I'm gonna buy next year. They don't. Uh, they don't always know. Damn. You know, it's free to look at your Tumblr, and if you got style. Someone someone might see your stuff on Tumblr and be like, I want to do that. So you're telling me right now, as I live and breathe, that Crayola, the crayon and marker company that this episode is sponsored by, imagine <laughs> Yeah. Is is not is not King of the Hill? Does not participate in the Pantone Monopoly? Uh no. Nah. Crayola is child's play. But Crayola makes up colors all the time. Look, I'm looking at what is it? This marker I have in my hand says Tiger Orange, aka Light Brown. We're not talking about we're not talking about kids stuff, Gage. We're talking about grown adults with Ferraris. We're talking about who's gonna buy the next Prada. We're talking about grown adults who who have four hundred one Ks that are what's, in the shitter right now. What's the next Prada color? What's the next Prada line color we're going to focus on for the future, everyone? Now, we've got our mood board on the wall, and we found all these great, absolutely amazing pictures from the... What, what's the Tumblr profile name? Uh-huh. D's. D. <laughs> um, and we put them up on our idea board here. Why don't just everyone take a second, take a deep breath, gather what, what really popped out, what inspired... On your trip to the coffee shop, what are you seeing on the internet on Instagram these? And then they sit there and they and they probably like steal our ideas, ideas that we post online. They probably do. In case you guys couldn't hear it, Renz's eyes were closed that entire time. I was in the room. He was he was in the room. He was that Pantone exec who, despite the value of their color choice can't even take a second to open their eyes and see the beautiful color of the drawing that their child drew for them in Crayola crayon right in front of their face. Dude, I felt like Meryl Streep from The Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. You look, I mean, you look just like her. Mm, you know. Where's my coffee? Sorry, sir, right away. <laughs> I'm an assistant now. I'm really good at getting coffee. No, I, I don't think I've gotten coffee for anyone once ever in my life. That wasn't just my friend. Yeah, you don't. No, no one tells us to get fucking coffee. No, because people like to go get their own coffee now because they can scroll on Instagram while they're in the line and it's still considered being productive. Because you just need to have that that uh, dark blue coffee. Coffee's not brown. Brown is a conspiracy. If there's one thing that Gage wants people to take away from this, it's that big Pantone is trying to convince you that brown is a color. 
I got a challenge for everybody. I'm going to challenge myself, too. I'm going to remove the word and the concept of brown from my mind for a whole week and try to find different words in different ways instead of just doing the automatic. Oh, that's brown. That's an easy way. That's what they want you to say. They don't want you to get complex with your understanding of color. There's seven colors. Brown is not one of them. And that's it. Try it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to erase the B word right out of my life starting now. I'm over it. And if you're a real art pro, you will erase the B word out of your life too. Okay? I am done with with these descriptors that just aren't accurate enough to capture the identity of a color. Okay? The identity of a color. Now, some of you out there might be saying, well, you know, it's like a lot easier to just know that a color is brown and like it doesn't really affect me because my job don't really got much to do with color anyways. But let me tell you something, Jed. That's what the media wants from you. The media wants you to be ignorant, to not observe the world around you because it's it's the existence of the color brown now. But what is it next week? Birds are real. I mean, we all know birds were killed in the 60s and were replaced by cameras. What what about that? What about after that? Oh, you're going to vaccinate everyone you fucking meet? Don't be a sheep, Jed. All right? Brown is a conspiracy, and it's just the most recent one in a long line of conspiracies by this administration to remove our rights as you know, sovereign citizens. I mean, you can't arrest me. I'm not an American. I'm a sovereign citizen. Ooh. Ooh you ever hear someone speak and it just gives you energy? That's what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. No, wait. No, not. Oh, no. Don't say that. This is going to get us. Are we going to get in trouble? Demonetized. We're going to get in trouble. We're going to lose all this money that we're making. Oh, no, no, every time I see, like, uh, every time, you know, because I'm frequently watching clips of demagogues and authoritarian leaders, I always get hyped because all I can think about is how, what's the bullshit they're spewing at me right now? What are they trying to tell me? Oh, the color brown is real. Oh, don't worry about coronavirus. It's a bunch of bullshit. Gets me hyped because I get so angry that I just want to topple the establishment. Did you know Japan um, took out, like, they are preventing their children from going to school. They shut down school because of the virus. That's probably a good decision. Yeah. School's for chumps. Yeah. You know what, you know what we should do? We should reach out to Japan and uh, send them the art pros. Send them the our, our podcast? Yeah, free of charge. Oh, huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in an envelope in an envelope and then they can listen and they'll learn everything that they would have learned in dumb school all day that's true that's true yeah it is an educational podcast yeah very, we're edgy we're we're edutainment bro we're they educational have, they have um anime to teach them everything in life yeah lucky l- lucky japan yeah all it took was two nukes and then they they just skyrocketed way in front of us dude Honestly, I'm all right. So I'm trying to draw Kanye West, but it looks a lot like the basketball player Draymond Green. So I'm just gonna make it Draymond Green. All right. Uh, 
You know, you're you're kind of right. It does. Did you see that? Um, some <laughs> basketball player shit himself like two days ago in a game. <laughs> Brown is not real, Gage. Are you sure? It was. It was a little. It was. It was a dark yellow. <laughs> it was a dark yellow. Damn, I can't oh, remember who it was. It's, it's, it's killing so me. <laughs> that sucks. Probably a good player. Who cares? Sometimes you shit yourself in the heat of the moment. What I have. You- what if he just shot like his tenth three point throw, three point shot because it was so good? Yeah, he was on fire. I think that's exactly battles. what happened. I didn't watch the game. I just saw a picture of it on the internet. Damn, I feel like I'm in my own little word world with these headphones on. It's pretty crazy. So Renz has been sponsored by his fiance. Yeah, and she gave him uh, temporarily to borrow Beats by Dre. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I'm sponsored by my fiance. Who is sponsoring me by having me use these big Beats by Dre headphones? Oh shit! So we've we've covered quite a bit on this journey of color. Yeah, um, my computer's running out of space. <laughs> All right, so it looks like we'll have to uh, we'll have to call it here. Yeah. I was joking about the thing, by the way, everybody, in case any of you might think that we're secretly a an evil podcast. We're the good guys. Hmm. Hmm. Is he? Are you joking? He didn't need... <laughs> no! You will never see through my <laughs> deception. I am totally wink, not a... Don't see through this. Ha ha ha. Yeah, no, of course That's not. That's a good spot to end. I mean, 54 minutes, you know. What else? It, uh, guess, guys, yes. Have a good one. All right. We love just, you guys. Just think about color in a different way. Look at, look at. It, it does a lot. All right. It's it's underrated. It really is. But seriously, a shrimp can see 16 colors. We can only see three. That's so wild. <laughs> <laughs>